Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Wednesday, February 15th, and this is episode number 185. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things up by you? Things are okay, Rod, but I got to tell you, we lost Raquel Welch today. And, you know, this one's, this one's hitting me kind of hard because... Um, this is a piece of my youth, you know, um, the, the woman of every young boy's dreams back in the 1960s and 70s. And just all I can say is RIP. Yeah, I mean, uh, she, she really hadn't been in uh, the public eye much recently. So, um, so I think most of us still picture her probably in her you know, fifties and sixties, you know, when, uh, she really didn't look much different for most women in her thirties and forties. Um, right. so you kind of still picture her that way. Um, yeah. yeah, I hadn't seen pictures of her recently, but, but yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, kind of, kind of makes you feel a little bit old, but, um, but yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely a sad day in that respect. So, um, other than that, um, we're going to, we're going to say rest in peace, and we're going to move on to to our show tonight and the season. The football season is over, so we are in full reflection and rebuild mode now. Um, not a Browns rebuild, but you know how we how we how we're going to talk about putting this team back together for next season um, over the next right. several months. <laughs> so. Uh, Helping us to do that is our guest, and uh, we have with us, um, his, his name is Top Secret, so it's we have Cheese Doodle Dad. You can follow him at Michael Marcinko. Um, so, Mike, how are you tonight? How are things going? I'm fantastic. Um, I, ironically enough, you know, we brought up uh, Raquel Welsh. I just watched Thunderball again this weekend, and then at the same time, today is supposed to be... Uh, would have been Chris Farley's 59th birthday. Wow. So it's a lot of uh, resting in peace and a lot of, you know, raised glasses to two iconic figures. I'm with you there. You know, when when uh, James Conn passed away, I, I looked for Thunderball and I couldn't find it shown anywhere. And I'm like, why aren't they showing this movie? So I definitely want to watch that movie again. Um, HBO Max. HBO Max. All right. Yep. Got it. So, um. Uh, Mike, you joined us from uh, from beautiful Arizona, where uh, where it's normally nicer than Ohio, except for today when it was probably about the same, maybe a little bit warmer out there. But uh, but we had seventy degrees, just a little taste of um, of those five seventy degree days we get in Ohio each year. <laughs> <laughs> so what a uh, month. So, <laughs> yeah, one a month. I mean, we had to use one up in February, but I was pretty happy about it. So um, no, no complaints yeah. here. So, <laughs> but uh, we we appreciate you joining us from Arizona and kind of letting us know how the weather is out there and everything. So um, well, gives us something for to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. We had our once a month rainy day yesterday, so you know it's a good swap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it seems fair. Seems really fair. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
All right. Before we uh, before we get into some other things, we're going to talk about our Blitz beverages and uh, let's let's find out what our guest is drinking. Uh, Michael, you get to go first, and um, the floor is yours. Um, what what do you have in front of you there? Okay. Well, besides water, because I get dehydrated, everybody does out here. Um, I went with my tried and true. Um, I've been drinking Screwball for like four years, and it's amazing. It's out of San Diego. The people are super nice. So Screwball, if any, nobody knows what it is, they should by now, but it's peanut butter whiskey. It doesn't taste like burnt wood, but it's also not too sweet. It's kind of just like right in the middle. I have added a tart cherry liqueur to it that I get at a special place up in Sedona, and it's essentially just a very fun peanut butter and jelly type of not-so-sweet tasting drink and it is amazing and i might have like two or three by the end of this nice so so before we started recording you mentioned the you mentioned adding the pineapple juice as an alternative correct that. so um yeah so according to the instagram page of screwball if you do screwball plus pineapple juice i haven't tried the screwball plus cream soda those are supposed to be that's supposed to be delicious but screwball plus pineapple it sounds terrible but it is delicious so what other ways have you had have you had the screwball um normally i'll just do it on the rocks okay and then i'll just watch a browns game and get through half a bottle which normally we would we all should do that um i've done the pineapple haven't done the cream soda i've really much just stuck with that and the uh and that tart cherry liqueur i found what i liked you know i stuck with it and Cool. And I get a huge bottle of Costco for like twenty eight bucks. So why not? Nice. I've been meaning to try that. I mean, I, I'm a I'm a beer guy. I'm not uh, I'm not a whiskey guy, but I, mm-hmm. I'm a peanut butter lover. So I've I've been wanting to try the Screwball, but at a at a distillery that I won't name, I tried some peanut butter whiskey, and it mm-hmm. was it was uh, it was real buttery and. I just didn't like it, so I'm hoping that the screwball tastes better than what I that tastes yeah, like. Yeah, I definitely want it. It is. De- it's far more peanutty than peanut buttery, I guess. Yeah, but that's that's it, probably what I would like. It's definitely sweeter, though. I mean, it it does have a sweet taste to it, but it's not overpowering, so it's definitely manageable. Gotcha. Okay, well, I'm gonna talk about what I'm drinking. I assume Jeff. Um, Jeff's drinking his usual uh, ice cold water with the with the heat wave we had today. So, That's right. uh, so um, I kind of went in a similar direction because it was so warm today. I'm drinking what's co- what's it called a uh, it's called a Burr Hoppy Red uh, Northwest Red Ale. I got this with this uh, with this 24 pack, and I've just been pretty much saving one for each show so I could do a variety and have a different beer each show. Uh, this is Widmer Brothers Brewing um, in uh, Portland. It's going all the way back to 1984, they've been brewing this. So such a long time. And it's this is like 7.2%, I think. Um, it kind of tastes, uh, honestly, I would not know it's a red. I'm drinking it out of the can. I didn't pour it into a glass. It just, it tastes like a mild IPA and it's got a good flavor to it. So um, if you uh, if you have access to Widmer Brothers, I don't know where all they have this, but it, it tastes pretty good. So I'll leave it at that. 
and we're going to move on to a segment that we enjoy and this is where we where we let the guest in their first appearance on the show talk about their browns journey um fandom so so mike anything you'd like to share about how you became a Browns fan, why you're still a Browns fan, highlights, lowlights, uh, anything you want to share, the floor is yours. Man, I thank you. I, I think I think that second question is, why am I a Browns fan? That, I think that's really the most important question we have to ask ourselves here. Um, so I'm 40, and the first 20 years of my life, I was in, in Painesville, just outside of Cleveland, and then the last 20 years I've been out here in Phoenix. And it, it's kind of two different, different Browns chapters of my life. So as soon as I moved out here, it's just my my immediate family. So I immediately became the Browns fan. There's not, <laughs> like there's a lot of Buckeyes fans out here. Everybody moves out here. That's a Buckeyes fan. And Michigan and everybody from the Midwest because the weather's amazing. But there aren't too many admitted Browns fans, especially around the 2001, 2002 type of time frame when I moved out here. Um, so there is there are crazy stories about that. I met I met my best friend at a sports bar. We're all watching the Browns game on these big TVs, and there's only one TV that's showing the Browns game. There's 40 TVs all over the walls. They're showing all the games, one Browns game. And there's two open seats. This dude's walking around. He's wearing a brown shirt. There's no other seats. Hey, sit here. Next thing you know, 18 years later, we're best friends, and he was in my wedding to my <laughs> ex-wife now or whatever so that's really kind of cool like that's it, it, the fandom that brings that kind of stuff together so um my favorite browns memory though um <laughs> it was our playoff game against the steelers um that same friend and um his brother-in-law came over to my place and i made the best garlic bread cheeseburgers before i could actually not eat gluten anymore ever um so they were amazing and every time i finished a crown royal apple with uh, what either with uh, what was it ginger ale every time i finished one of those drinks the browns scored a touchdown so we caught onto this pattern probably three touchdowns in so it just got to the point where i think i had like five four or five in the first half and then the steelers caught up a little bit mike you need to have one more and i was already at that point where like i probably shouldn't but i'm going to and then we scored right away um so that was the best thing ever though that that was my favorite browns memory um the second best one would have to do with anything with josh Cripps. he is my all-time favorite player so um it's just it's I, I still have my Cripps jersey that's the only jersey i will ever keep i i won't buy any more jerseys ever again in my life it's just josh Cripps, and it's staying in my closet it's amazing um so yeah those are probably my two two biggest memories and then why am i still a browns fan is because now it's kind of fun because everybody because everybody knows me as the browns fan now and you kind of just get stuck into that that brand i'm the buckeyes and browns fan here at you know my at my kids school everybody knows that if the browns win mike will be at the crosswalk and being happy if the browns lose mike will just be a little bit less happy so it's been it's been fun <laughs> Excellent. So before we move on, we have to hear about the cheese doodle dad moniker and how that came about and what you can tell us about cheese doodles. Uh, first of all, cheese doodles are amazing. And, he's, and it's literally a, a, a Cheeto or a cheese puff or whatever you want to refer to them as. So I used to uh, work for a, a corporate insurance. So I would do just, you know, all the every single type of insurance you could sell. 
And on days when I was in my office for eight to 10 hours, I would have a random bag of Cheetos or something. I'd be munching on them. And uh, one of the managers would always just say, hey, there's Marcinko. He's eating cheese doodles again. And he grew up in, he grew up Mormon in, uh, in Utah. So I guess that was how his family referred to cheese puffs or Cheetos, called them cheese doodles. And I was in the process of, you know, be, I was still, I was a younger dad. And so I was having, and I wrote a lot. So I'm, I'm going to have a, a dad blog. He's like, we should call it cheese doodle dad. And it stuck. And like, it fit perfectly. And again, like my kids and I, we still eat cheese doodles as much as we can. Um, I have to eat gluten-free ones now because otherwise I'll get sick. And that's always, you know, exciting. But it just, it just turned into this snowball of I'm cheese doodle dad. It is what it is. The local sports radio station out here. They know who I am as in like, they know my name is Mike, but they don't call me that. It's always cheese doodle. So anything outside of like my personal friends, everybody just calls me cheese doodle now. So it kind of stuck. It's kind of fun. So I'll take it. Wow. I'm thinking we might need to do a follow-up show on, uh, on, <laughs> on blogging, on, on uh, dietary restrictions and uh, on, on uh, maybe just a little more on cheese doodles. I, I'm telling you, I, 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 like I said, when we were talking earlier, you're going to have some fun fireside chats with me. <laughs> I know Jeff's in on at least some of that stuff. So, so yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Sure. Well, let, let's move on to, uh, to some Browns news. Uh, there's, there's some stuff going on. A lot of it's coaching related right now. So uh, in no apparent order of importance or, or when any of this happened, this is just some tidbits that I, that I noted, uh, Chris Kiffin has left the Browns staff to be the linebackers coach in Houston. Um, I believe that goes back to a relationship he had. Um, so, so he's gone. Um, I don't know that that's the largest news that we have. Uh, I think something I wanted to get, get your impressions on, and Jeff, we'll let you go first with this, is – is Todd Munkin being named the new offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens? I can't remember a guy who Cleveland fans and and maybe even players were more anxious to get out of town as an offensive coordinator <laughs> than Todd Munkin. Yeah. He goes down to Georgia, and I mean, and Georgia's great, so wow, Todd Munkin must be brilliant. Right. right. So right. let's bring right. it back right. in the NFL. So yeah. so how do you see this? Are you like, yes, they're going to stink? Or are you like, this guy deserves another <laughs> shot? Um, how do you see it? I think it's a perfect example of a coach is only as good as their players. And you go from a Cleveland program to a Georgia program that um, has a winning tradition and well, what, what better way to, to make your case that you deserve another shot, right? Um, yeah. Look, I, I hope he does well with the Ravens, just not when they're playing us. Um, but I don't think it's going to matter. I, I think the Baltimore offense is what it is as long as Lamar Jackson is there. And, you know, if something happens there, then that's even better for us. So uh, we'll see what it, what happens. But um I don't think he's going to revolutionize what uh, what the Ravens do. 
No, and I got I got to call you Cheese Doodle now. So Cheese Doodle, what do you think? <laughs> As spoken like true Browns fans, I hope they do well, but not when they're playing the Browns. Um, a lot of the uh, I just heard Mark Schlereth on our radio station out here talk about like what's the what's the like what's the difference between good coaching and good players, and how do they you know what's the percentage of what coaching does for players and what what players do for coaching, and you know the Ravens are kind of that that bastardized amalgamation that we like, listen, like we hate the team, but you kind of like, you love Lamar Jackson. He's just great to watch, except when he does it to you. And it's such a pain in the ass, but you look at, you look at their team right now and it's, it's, it's like on the fence. Like, you know, they, they don't, they don't have that skill set of players that they, you know, we're, we're used to seeing from them. So is coaching really going to help that? Maybe, you know, you might get a little bit extra out of, you know, some of these players. Um, I don't know. It's such a, it's such a crapshoot when you're, when you're coming back that second time and is the coach going to learn from past mistakes? I think that's important. But at the same time, you look at Josh McDaniels, he sucks as a head coach. Like he really sucks as a head coach, but he's a great coordinator. So, you know, is that, is that something that's going to, Work here. It's good at the college level, but bad on the pro level. We don't know. Um, so to never really even remotely get close to answering your question, thanks. You're welcome. Um, and you know, <laughs> I, I, I kind of you did like, better. You did better. Yeah, right. Like, I, I, like I want to, like I want to see Lamar Jackson, like kind of stick it to them, and you know, and and play well, so he can tie up their salary cap and lock them into something long term for you know, $40 million a year and eat that, you know, eat a huge percentage up that way. But I just don't want to see him do well against us. So, hey, you know, go offensive coordinator, go Ravens, except when they're playing us. Yeah, so so the Ravens might as well be in the same situation as the Bengals and the Browns and have a quarterback that's eaten up, like, you know, exactly. just a crap ton of the salary cap. Um, yeah, but... You did better than answer my question. I wrote down bastardized amalgamation. I mean, I'm going to use that in the future. I can't <laughs> wait to use that sometime. Man, that was great. So, uh, <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'm I'm going to use that in the next slam poetry event that I got to use. So I'm just, I, I wrote that. I just wrote that down too. I'm like that needs to go. That that's coming out pretty quickly. Oh yeah, I've I've got that. I'm I'm going to steal it and yeah. Everybody knows that I probably won't give you credit for it, but I'm giving you credit for it now. So, um, anyways, the thing about that Baltimore franchise, Rod, you know, ever since it moved from here, um, they just have a way of things working out well for them. Is it, uh, is it just me, or does everything seem to like go right for them? Pretty things much. always go right enough for them. Yeah, you know. Um, but I mean, you know, some of that's I think it's it's what we always talk about. It's having it's having uh, continuity in in your coach and the staff and the organization. And, you know, you don't have to have it, it just feels like you don't have to have great players everywhere on your team to do well. You know, maybe you do to win a, you know, to win a title, you know, you need right. more, but um, to, to put up a good record every year, if you've got a good coach, um, you know, it seems like some of these guys can do this year after year and put up a good record and, and just find ways to, to win, you know, continuously with, with enough talent. 
Um, that's yeah. And Harbaugh's a great uh, coach. Well, here's the thing: he they've is. got the they've got the best kicker in the league. It doesn't. Yeah, they, they could screw up against. Like, what did they do against Detroit? Right? They screwed up the entire game. They sucked. And, and he then, come out and kick a, a sixty yarder and save yeah. somebody's. Tucker body. bails him out. Like yeah, again, he does. You, yeah. like you said, you don't need to have a best player everywhere. You just have to have good players in those key places. And right, and and a smart coach and a good kicker is going to make up for some mistakes. Yeah, that's why it's special good teams. Thing. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, so um, yeah, let's go next. Let's go to uh, to uh, Jonathan uh, Gannon from St. Ignatius, uh, who was the Eagles DC as the new Cardinals head coach. And he's, um, I don't think it's happened yet, but he's most likely going to hire um, Browns quarterback coach uh, Drew Petzing as, as the offensive coordinator. Um, so that's going to set some things in motion. Um, it's, it's, I think, expected that if that happens, that, um, that the Browns' number one uh, candidate for QB coach would be Sean Ryan, who was Deshaun Watson's um, QB coach in Houston. But that's, that's not a done deal either. So um, just kind of wanted to get thoughts uh, from you guys on that. Um, any, any thoughts, Jeff? Um, I mean, it's always good to see a local guy, you know, a local guy get a shot like that. Um, sure. So. Yeah. Um, I, you know, as far as we're concerned, the browser organization, um, anything we can do to try to restore the mojo of, of our $240 million man, um, get, get, getting Deshaun comfortable and, and, you know, putting people around him to make him comfortable is, you know, it's only got to help. So, um, you know, why would you look anywhere else? Yeah. You agree? Cheese, cheese doodle. Yeah. I think, you know, with, with him having that level of comfort, like he's going to, obviously he's going from an old team to a new team, right? He's, he's with us now and you know, it's new. He just came from a, you know, obviously a lengthy suspension, Let's give him some comfort in an old coach. Why not? Like, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, the cool thing is, obviously, with Gannon coming out here to, to, to Arizona, um, you know, they, if they wanted to hire, you know, nobody, you know, somebody without coach, head coaching experience from that's 40 years old from Cleveland, they should have just hired me. It would have been perfect. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but everybody's really excited about that hire out here. Um, now, apparently, uh, Flores kind of had a bad, like a gut, bad gut feeling, and turned the job, turned the offer down to head coach out here. But I think Gannon's really good. They they see somebody that's going to command a room, and then when they bring in, when they bring in that, you know, the OC, hopefully to work on Kyler Murray, is that kind of that same thing as giving somebody, you know, giving those quarterbacks, you know, somebody young and up and coming that's going to that's being able to work with quarterbacks similar to their skill set. Um, Kyler Murray has that same skill set as Deshaun. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think it's a, it's a good – these are good moves for both of these teams, quite frankly. Um, it kind of sucks. I mean, it's, it's – I mean, as it, for Philadelphia, it sucks. They lose both coordinators. But um, yeah. I think Arizona has a good young coach that's going to command the room and maybe be a little bit more, you know, in your face, uh, leading by example, than Cliff would um, while he's out in Thailand. But – when it comes to Deshaun, like give him that, give him that, 
that is like it's almost like a it's like a it's like an old like it's a kid blanket that you had like your baby blanket right like you're used to it you guys have had great conversations he's led you he's coached you this might come might make him more comfortable in our system and you know have him throwing up another four thousand yard passing season would be kind of fun right yeah four close to five but yeah, yeah. Might, I mean, might need a little I'll, help a receiver to to get up to those numbers i'll take yeah. that i mean if we have three one thousand yard receivers uh i'm not going to complain about that ever yeah no i agree with you i agree with you um is uh i don't even know is kyler murray supposed to be ready to go near the beginning of the season no um they're what's coming out now like he's working out he was he's here he's here in town working out at cardinals facilities which is good for him um we're hearing like weeks six seven eight nine ten coming back like mid-season so this year might be kind of a wash for the cardinals which means they're probably going to get rid of DeAndre Hopkins. So maybe a second round pick from us will get Hopkins if we have the cash with, we have the cap space. Um, then get him to redo his contract. Yeah. Yeah. I was right now he's playing with it's, he's just playing with incentives. He's, he's already got all his guaranteed money. So why not? (laughs) And then retool it. Um, So the Cardinals are in this really funky kind of like purgatory type of year. They know it's kind of a wash. They're going to rebuild. Um, they're retooling all over the place. They're losing, you know, they're probably going to lose, you know, um, Vance Joseph, their DC. He's still under contract, but he's probably gone. Um, and they've got, they just lost JJ Watt. Cardinals are going to suck next year. <laughs> they're going to have a backup, you know, playing for half of the year. But um, I think this is going to be good head coaching hire for them in the first place. And Kyler's going to benefit from it. And at the same time, it's it's a good spot for head coach to go in into because yeah. he's not going to have the expectations this season. Exactly. I think it's a smart move. And obviously like, who's going to turn down, you know, if you've never been an NFL head coach, who's going to really turn down the, that first opportunity? Like you take it. Right. He, so, he's got, he's got a season to put, you know, to get his people around him and, mm-hmm. and he's really got two seasons to kind of, you know, hopefully work with people to build the roster the way he wants to build it and to implement his, you know, his schemes, game plans, things like that. So they'll, they'll be okay. Like, I mean, it's, it'll be a two to three year process, but I think they'll be fine um, in the long yeah. run. They get rid of Kime. It got, dear God, that guy could not draft, but his free agent picks were great. Kime was great at free agent stuff, but draft picks, not, not a snowball's chance in hell. He was good. Yeah. So, so Jeff, is there, we talked about, uh, we talked about Sean Ryan. Is there anybody else that, um, I'll be honest with you, I, I couldn't name a whole bunch of uh, quarter, you know, guys who could step in as a, as a QB coach. Is there anybody else you could think of um, that would be on a list as a QB coach for the Browns? Charlie Fry. No, Charlie Fry. Yeah. Yes. Might have to. Pride of Akron. Yeah. I'm going to, yeah, because here's where I'm going, okay? Um, Carolina. Carolina hired Frank Reich as their head coach. And I I have to say, I I like Frank Reich. I thought he was, you know, I I thought he did a pretty decent job in Indy. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. This is the NFL, guys. You're not going to go to the playoffs every single season, um, you know, necessarily. 
It's not easy. This was a rough year, okay, for a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. I think he's a good coach. I think he is. So you know who you know who Carolina just named as their QB coach? You guys know or not? Mm-mm. No. Surprise me. Didn't see that. Josh McCown, his first oh. coaching gig. Oh, you know, I did see that. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking right. I have been – man, when he was in Cleveland, I, I'm watching him. I'm like, man, this guy is going to be a coach one day. And he's – you know, yeah. guys are going to want to play for this guy. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Josh McCown. I think he and Frank Reich, you know, um, it's not like I'm turning into a Carolina fan like a lot of people did last season. But oops. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's a smart pairing. Was wasn't McCown that's in the great... running for the Houston job one or two years ago, and everybody was freaking it out? Seems but like he... he's super smart. Yeah, I, yeah. I think a lot. I think he's been up for other jobs, but this is the first coaching job he's taken, and I think he and Frank Reich, man, I think that's a. I think those two work well together. I mean, two former QBs. Um, I think it's a great place for him to start, and. Uh, you know, I, I'm excited for his future. I think the guys, I just, man, I, I'm just, a, I'm just a huge Josh McCown fan. Um, yeah, he's a classy yeah. dude with great hair, so we have to root for him. Well, that too, and he's he's tough as freaking nails. I mean, you know, too. Um, I just, I, I think you respect players who, who played like you know the way he did, going mm-hmm. out there and playing hurt and just. You know, playing on a broken leg and stuff like that. He's just legendary in, in some of those ways. Yeah, didn't he? Wasn't yeah. he? Didn't he get helicoptered week one against the Jets a couple of years ago, and everybody was just like, "This is the greatest quarterback the Browns have ever had ever," just because of that one single play. I I loved watching him play, and I mean, I you know, I don't think his numbers were ever great, but oh, I no. just loved when he was out there, just because you knew you were always going to get everything from Josh mm-hmm. McCown. Yeah, and I think that it's kind of funny how. I, I, honestly, I'm sure all fans are like this, but Browns fans seem to really, really root for those type of players. That you know, the practice squad guys that make the team, the ones that work really hard, that don't have that elite talent, but they just bust their butt every single play. I think that it just speaks to Clevelanders in general. I think it speaks to our soul. But that's why I think that we love players like that. We're kind of working class type of guys. Yeah, I mean, I think we see Cleveland as that kind of town. Mm-hmm. So, and um, yeah, I think you. I think you're right on the money. So, so I'm hoping things go well for Josh McCown, and you know, hopefully he'll get a chance to move up, move up the ladder. And I, w- I would love to see him as a head coach one day. Um, I, I was disappointed when he retired that he didn't end up in Cleveland as a coach mm-hmm. at that point. So, I could see him being a coach in, you know, five seven years, easy. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. So um, this this stuff about this tweet that Nick Chubb put out, I'm tired of watching. Do you guys see anything beyond him just saying he's tired of watching other teams go to the Super Bowl and not him? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I saw it as. Everybody's like, oh, he wants to be traded. He, wants, he doesn't say he wanted to be traded. I see that as him lighting a fire and getting competitive. Like yeah. Yeah. Like I think that's like that's a motivation thing for me. Yeah, you agree, Jeff? Is that what you saw it as? Yeah, I mean, don't read anything into what Nick Chubb says. <laughs> he's he's just gonna go out and do his job. He says what he means. If he meant something else, he would have said it. Correct. Exactly. Yeah, he's that type of 
I think he's that type of person, not just player. He's that type of person that's yeah. not going to – he's not going to be coy or be passive aggressive. He's just going to no. say, like, if yeah. I want to be traded, I want to be traded. If I want to – if I'm tired of not being in the Super Bowl, hell yeah, dude, I'm tired of not being in the Super Bowl. Right. I don't blame you. I'm tired of the Browns never being in the Super Bowl. I think we all are. Yeah. <laughs> just one before I die. It's <laughs> just, just one. <laughs> yeah. I think we're all there. We are all there. So so let's move on and talk about uh, a little bit about free agency. We've we've got a while on this. Uh, free agency doesn't start until let's see the tampering period is March 13th. Uh, free agency starts on March 15th. So whichever one of those dates you want to go with, because football's got to be different from every other league, you know. The legalized cheating portion, aka yeah, the legalized <laughs> cheating that we're going to pretend it's not happening, but we know it's all happening and it's okay. So that's mm-hmm. the 13th of March. So, um, so yeah, just just over a month away. But that's uh, so exciting. It, it, honestly, free agency is one of my favorite. Like again, pretty, pretty much every type of everything I'm going to say is my favorite type of year. So it's like free agency, then draft. It's I love these that these next two months for football. Like that's that's where us Browns fans get our 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 annual chasing the dragon moment of oh my god this year we're going all the way. <laughs> it, well, it's a lot of fun. I mean, and you see that the Browns have, or or you feel like the Browns have a lot of talent on the roster. You feel right. like, man, if we can add these few pieces, we've really got a shot this season. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, whether it's draft or free agency or a combination of both, mm-hmm. just supplementing, um, you know, what's already there. Uh, hopefully, it'll give us enough to to feel like we got a great shot. So, so let's first of all let, let's take a look at guys who are on the roster last year who are currently free agents for the Browns and. Um, Let's just kind of figure out who we want to zero in on, who who you guys would like to see the Browns try to pursue and bring back, or who you think they will bring back. So, um, I, and we don't have to. We'll go into the interesting guys, not every single one of them. But I've got a list of all these guys, and there's like probably twenty of them, which is which is a lot. There's a lot of guys on this. What? It is. Um, uh, and I don't think this is in any order either. So, Pharaoh um, um, Brown's the first one. Um, you guys, do you guys see the Browns trying to upgrade that uh, those number two and three tight end spots? You think Pharaoh Brown's probably just a lingering free agent at this point? Yeah, nothing really kind of excites me about either way. Like if he comes back, great. Yeah. If he leaves, great. Yeah, like it's, it's okay. You know, I want him to. I want him to succeed in the NFL. And like, unless he goes to like the Steelers or something, but other than that, yeah, pretty apathetic. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, we'll just alternate on these, and if you guys want to jump in on each other's, that's fine. So, so Jeff, the next one's Ronnie Harrison. Do you think the Browns pursue him or think he's gone? Uh, based on his lack of contribution this year, I don't see a role for him going forward. He was barely on the field, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, maybe special special teams more. Um, here's kind of an interesting. Interesting one. She's doing all its site. Yell to throw hole. Ugh, everybody loved his beard, right? <laughs> Based on yeah. that alone. Just the beard, yeah. Just the beard. Will his just... beard be back? 
Or will they pursue him? I mean, the guy played a lot. I think the I think the uh, positive thing about Yeld is that he can play multiple positions. So he gives you he gives you a lot of flexibility. Yeah, he's kind of that Swiss Army knife, and that's honestly, it's when it comes to the that position, that skill set, you want somebody that can kind of fill in where they need to fill in. I think they'll bring him back, maybe a one year deal. Yeah, and um, Jeff on Froholt, do you? Th- do you think his time at center in that, do you think that he played enough that somebody would want to try to sign him to a bigger contract? I mean, not as a center. No. Yeah. Not, not no, as not a as a center, center, but do you think that yeah. people would have seen him enough? Do you think somebody else is going to want to sign him or no? Do you think the Browns well, are a good shot to bring him back? He could, he could get some interest just based on, again, that, that versatility. I mean, you, you mm-hmm. need a guy like that at the bottom of your offensive line. Yeah, number, to, you know, the, number the, seven, eight, could, nine, whatever. Right. Yeah. That that could be the difference between keeping nine guys on the roster or ten, right? And free freeing up a spot for somebody somebody needs somewhere yeah. else. So um, yeah. I mean if if not him, somebody like him, I, I I definitely like for the backside of the roster. Yeah. Yeah, that's smart. So uh so Jeff, Kareem Hunt. I know where you're going, but yeah, Kareem Hunt. Oh. Yeah, he's he's not coming back either. Um yeah. Totally agree. Um, and and at the at the beginning of the season, you know, I, I I felt a lot differently about him than I did at the end of the season. Um, and and it could just be that you know the offense didn't work for him this year, but um, I I sort of didn't feel real good about his um, ability by the end of this season. Like maybe he had lost a step. Um, so it's going to be real interesting to see what kind of interest he gets around the league. But I think we've I think we've moved on with um, Ford and, and potentially another young guy in the draft. Yeah, you agree there, Mike? Yeah, regretfully I do. Like I, I'd love to see him on the team because he never like he always falls forward when he gets tackled. Like you want a guy that does not, you know, you're gonna lose yard on a, like a trick play. Sure, I get it. But when he gets hit, he always falls forward, and I that's such a cool skill set to have in a player. Um. Yeah, it's one of those things that kind of sucks. You're a little bit, you know, you're sitting on this is sad. This sucks. It's a fan favorite kind of a deal. I, like we, we like the fact that he's yeah. tough and all that. Um, and he jumps over like 20 players in a single bound. Um, yeah, but I don't think he's here. I don't think he's here next year, and that sucks. But I get it. It's a, you know, it's the business part, obviously. Yeah, I still love the guy, but I, I'm with you, Jeff. I think I think there's potential that he is losing or has lost a, yeah. a little bit. And How when you watch, he um, he's probably, he's probably 20. I mean, he's not that old, 26, 27. I mean, he's, but, uh, he's I'm Googling it right now. He's okay. So he's 27, 27. and we literally yeah. just said he's losing a step. This dude is 13 yeah. years younger than me. <laughs> the, the, the life he's, cycle of a running back is five years. That's yeah. So I'll be on, crazy. I'm, yeah. Um, I'm older than you, and I will admit right now that I have lost more than a step. So, anyways, <laughs> I have a sprained hip, and I've had one for 18 months. I have lost multiple steps, so I yeah. you. I don't, I don't have very many steps left in me. So, anyways, um, yeah. So, so yeah. Um, I just, I just watched the dichotomy. Uh, Kareem seemed like he, you know, and maybe it was just this season. Maybe he just didn't have a great season, but he seemed to have have lost a little bit and Nick Chubb seems to be getting better 
every yeah. single time. It's just Dude, Nick Chubb is is aging like running back fine wine. Oh, it's 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 crazy. He's it's like he yeah I don't know it, it's it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, it's, I'm glad he's I, on. I, I I freaking love that guy. He is so like how do we get like obviously we have Jim Brown right, but how do we find like his generational twin again? I think that's the greatest thing. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dearness Johnson also a free agent. So, um, a cheese doodle. What do you think? Any enter any possibility that they try to bring Dearness Johnson back? I honestly he barely think we played. Sh- I think we should. I think this is this is Kareem Hunt version 2.0. Um, when he and I know he didn't play at all last year. Like he played a little bit. I get it. But he hits holes so explosively. And it's another one of those guys where he just, like, behind our offensive line, like, you could throw me behind our offensive line, and it probably i would be decent enough before I got killed. But if I have to choose between Hunt and Johnson, which will ignore every 13-year-old joke in my head right now, I'm choosing Johnson every single time just because, like you said, you know, Hunt might be, you know, might be losing a step. Johnson's got some skills and we're going to, we might be able to get him on the cheap too because he didn't play it all last year. Yeah. Jeff, do you feel like they did that on purpose with Dearness Johnson so they can maybe get him back real cheap? Yeah. I don't know if it was that. I just, um, he's just one of those guys that, that, He's going to get his plays. I think what's different about him and Kareem is that Dearness Johnson will contribute on special teams. Um, yeah. So for for again for the back side of the roster, you know, those are the guys that that you need filling up those spaces. Mm-hmm. The experienced special teams players, um, guys who can step in and not miss a beat. Um, I, I I tend to agree that they that he could find his way back here. Um, and and probably pretty cheap based on the fact that really nobody went after him last season. And he ended up back here as a, as a, uh, he was exclusive rights last year, I think, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah. Restricted free agent or something. Um, I mean, he's unrestricted this year and and who knows, maybe, you know, maybe he'll, he'll find another home, but I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him come back here. And just because again, of that, that versatility. Yeah. I think he was an RFA last year. The Browns tendered yeah. him last year, I think. So, um, Jacoby Brissett, Jeff, you and I have talked about him. So, let Mike, let's get your thoughts on uh, Jacoby Brissett. Is there any possibility that he's back next year as backup? Can we put him like like a statue of him next to Joe Thomas somewhere out I, there? Like I, I would. Like, I'd love to bring him back. He, the man's amazing, right? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, like, he's he, he would have to leader. be doing the quarterback sneak in the statue. Yeah. I, I think as a as a backup quarterback, this man is who we need behind Deshaun Watson. I mean, that's it's kind of a no brainer. Do I think he's coming back? Oh God, dear God, I have no idea. I don't. I I, I want to lean to I don't think so, just because of the fact is that he played his ass off for us and did really well, and he's going to be somebody's somebody's going to offer them you know three four million dollars to sit on the bench behind their own backup. And we we just don't have the cap space for that crap, which sucks. <laughs> yeah, he 
he put up some numbers last year just in the games he played. Um, enough that I think he's 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 going to get uh, he's going to get a shot at least to come in and compete with somebody, if not you know get a starting job somewhere. So yeah, and he's one of those players again that you know he's got that grit that us Clevelanders like. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody would love to have Jacoby back, but I think yeah. everybody should know that he's. I, I think everybody's going to be happy for him to see him get a starting gig. Exactly. So, because right. um, he he earned it, he just did. So, um, so yeah, um, let's go. Uh, uh, let's go to you, Jeff, on uh, Chris Hubbard. You th- his his time has to be up, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think James Hudson has developed to the point now where. Um, there was really no need for Hub, um, and I just don't think he's been able to stay healthy enough to to play. Um, wouldn't surprise me at all to see him find a coaching job too. Um, Good bet. I think he's some somebody that other players really like being around. Um, so you know he could find his way onto Stefanski's staff or, or someplace else when he decides he, to hang it up, which is probably coming soon. Well, he's played. I mean, he had the ability to play all five positions, right? I believe. Um, I don't know if he ever. I don't know if he ever snapped, but I'm, I mean, I'm trying to yes. remember if he did. I feel like he like he may have. So, um, yeah. so yeah, you you might be onto something there. He could have potential to to do that for somebody. So, um, so how about uh, what do you, since we're talking O lineman? How about Michael Dunn? Um, I, th- I think the Browns was... like Michael Dunn a lot. I think they um, do too. Yeah, you know, and I, I just he he hasn't had a, a place to play um, behind two Pro Bowlers. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, again, I mean, I, I I think Bill Callahan is is going to find guys like that for us. You know, so do we do we? If not, he'll create need... them, right? <laughs> right. He'll build on, yeah. Exactly. Okay, Mike, let's uh, let's get your thoughts on uh, Sione Taki Taki. He's a free I was really agent. hoping you were going to ask me about him. So I, yeah, I've got I the, could feel I've it. Got the, I've got it. the Browns website up. I'm looking at the free agent tracker. I'm like, just give me Taki Taki. Dude, this man's <laughs> a – okay. He's Again, he fits that mold of Cleveland type of player. Hardworking. He does whatever – like whatever is asked of him, he'll do. Um, you can probably get him back for a decent deal and not kill the cap. He's going to play in special teams. He's so I don't, okay. I don't know if you guys even remotely remember. Um, we've got a, a so our radio host out here is Ron Wolfley. He played, played fullback for us under, um, I'm going to hate saying this name, but Bill Belichick before we know <laughs> in those, in those years. And he's the type of player that Ron Wolfley is that like that hard nose, bloody knuckles type of player. And he has these flashes of brilliance. And I think that's something that we can bring back and maybe massage into more consistent flashes of brilliance. I I would say bring him yeah. back. I wasn't, think he's cold. Wasn't Ron Wolfley a front office guy or something? 
or not. I'm trying to remember what else he did. He's a fullback, and his brother Craig is this. Like they're both sideline. Like he does the radio for us out here in, in Phoenix. Okay. Okay. Brothers. I knew he did something else. I couldn't remember. And what then else. yeah, and then then he uh, his brother Craig does as a sideline reporter for Pittsburgh because Craig played in Pittsburgh. So it's just like, of course he did. Yeah. You know, right? Well, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Ron would love, like, I think Ron would love a player like Taki Taki on the Cardinals. So I would say we need to bring him back because we don't want him anywhere else because he'll, he's one of those guys that's just going to play and he's going to give you everything he's got. Yeah. Jeff, you and I have talked about Taki Taki and I mean, this was undoubtedly his best season, you know, up until the injury hated to see him go down. Do you, do you believe right. he'll be back? Yeah, it's a tough one. I don't know. I mean, we have we have seven linebackers that are UFAs, um, and yeah. and of of that group, um, there's really only one that we can't live without. I think, and that's Anthony Walker. Um, Correct. It would be nice to have Taki Taki in the in the room, but um, I don't know. It, it, it'll be. Yeah. I think it's a it's a borderline call. Well, well, let's throw these other guys in because you're mentioning some of the, the the next guys on the list are Deion Jones, Anthony Walker, Reggie Ragland, and obviously they're not bringing back all four of these guys. Right. So, you, do you guys think that Anthony Walker is going is going to be back next season? Um, if if so, who does that exclude? Um, you know, who, who's most likely to come back out of that foursome? I mean, well, Walker I, was balling out before he got hurt. Yeah, and leader, and you can't put a price on leadership, but you probably can, and they're probably going to say he's a cap casualty, right? He's the, that 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 steadying veteran presence that that the defense was missing in the middle last need, year. Yeah, the, they yeah, really need. If, if not him, they need somebody like him. And he's also yeah. a great tackler, which our young guys really struggled with. After he went down, um, I, I, I would I would be really disappointed if we didn't bring him back. Um, I think Reggie Ragland played really well in a couple of games. Um, you know, a couple of those other guys had had moments. Taki Taki had a couple of really good games. Um, but man, we 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 really got to find a way to bring Anthony Walker back, and I think he likes being here. Um, I think he can yeah. be that 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 leadership presence, um, and coming off an injury, I, I don't think there's going to be a ton of interest in him around the league other other places. So maybe not. I mean, he's uh, again, I'm guessing at ages he thirty, he's going to be thirty thirty one in that yeah. um, age area, right? I believe. Right. Um, not that not that Mike has to look Google it or anything, but um, I think he's around <laughs> that age. So once guys get to be that age, I mean, seriously, they, you know, teams don't want to give them a big contract. They just don't, especially coming off an injury. So, so right. I, I could see that. Um, I mean, from my point of view, I, I would I would love to see Walker, Saki Taki, um, I, I saw enough of Reggie Ragland to think, man, I, I would like to see how this guy develops. But, you know, um, you have to look at the entire room and see how much space there is, too. So would we think we'd be keeping three of those four? Because I think Jones, I think Deion Jones is gone. I don't think that I don't think Deion Jones will be back. Um, 
Do we hear? I think we heard his name what once or twice. He he looked okay in some games. He disappeared a lot too. Would be is my yeah. thought. So he he was okay. Um, but yeah, he's not the kind of force that you that you're hoping for at linebacker. But when they brought him in, they had they had already had three or four guys on you know on IR at linebacker right back. So so they needed somebody. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. I don't think he's I don't think he'll be back. But I think you know I I'd love to see any any of the other three guys back. I mean, I preferably don't want Reggie Ragland to be my you know, my starter after only playing a few games, but I, I would love to have him in the in the core just based on what I saw. So, um, all right, let's go to uh, let's go to some uh, defensive line and see if you guys think any of these guys are coming back or surviving, because this this crap's being rebuilt, don't you think? Um, oh yeah. And, and we'll we'll talk. We're going to talk defensive line free agents. Um, but I've got, uh, I guess the only DT is Taven Bryan. So he's uh, he's a free agent. Um, second on the team in sacks with, like, what, three? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Mike, um, do, you think, do you think there's any chance they bring Taven Bryan back next season? It's going to be one of those things that take it or leave it, what AB is going to do. Like, you know, just – you know, it, it, we'll get into it, obviously, but like with our, you know, with the cap space we have and with the cap increase that we're going to get and with the fact that we lead the league in, what is it, rollover salary stuff, you know, like, and we're probably going to roll that back over into next year. Like AB is going to get a little creative. So, you know, some of these players that are kind of on the fence, maybe, hey, we take it or leave it because we get the same skill set for, you know, less dollars. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. could he be back? Sure. Will he be back? Probably not. You know, nothing's really, you know, lighting my fire here. Yeah, yeah. Your thoughts, Jeff? Yeah, I I sincerely hope they upgrade this position. Um, and if they're going to do that, they can't bring him back. So, um, yeah, I, I don't – there's not a, a, a ton of opportunity in free agency – at the D tackle position, but um, we've, we've got to be able to upgrade that position. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. So there's, uh, let's see, four defensive ends on this list. So just your thoughts on any of these guys, uh, who you think, any of these guys who have a shot at coming back. Um, Chase Winovich, uh, Jadavian Clowney's gone. Um, yeah, we don't need enough to talk about him. Um, Weatherly. And uh, Chris Odom. Um, Chris Odom got hurt pretty early. I don't think he saw any action. Well, and he's, so. he's exclusive rights for agent, too. So Chris Odom, okay. You know, you never know. I, got, I mean, I guess, I mean, if, you know, if you're looking, because, unre- because Vinovich is unrestricted, you know, that could be that could be your difference literally right there. Yeah, no, no, you're right. And I didn't I didn't go into that detail when I when I uh, got this list together. So. So yeah, Chris Odom is a guy who, um, yeah, I think is a potential guy, and which they really haven't seen much of. So um, he might be a guy that they might want to give a shot to. So um, yeah. So Jeff, do you thoughts on any of those three guys? We don't have to talk about Clowney. Any any of those three guys, as far as who you think might have a shot at coming back or might have an interest, or you think that they're 
um, most likely gone most of them or, or what? Yeah, I, I agree with um, Mike about uh, what he said about Odom. Um, by virtue of the fact that he's exclusive rights, it's easy to bring him back. Um, yeah. The other guys, I, I, I don't think we saw much from the other guys. We didn't you know, see much and, from Winnebet. So Weatherly, I think, was hurt pretty early, too. Yeah. Are, are, are they going to take – any of those guys going to take snaps from Alex Wright at this point? I don't think so. No. No. Chris Chris Odom might be a potential guy behind him, you know, yeah. a guy to back up yep. um, to back up Miles, potentially, you know, once they see him. But yeah. that's about it. So, so yeah, yep. I'm with you yep. there. Uh, three corners on this list: AJ Green, Greedy Williams, Thomas Graham. Um, chances of bringing those guys back? What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, Greedy Williams is gone. Um, yeah, Thomas Graham is exclusive rights, um, and and uh, AJ Green's restricted. So, I think those are two guys that that they would like to have in their cornerback room. Um, they yeah. liked what they saw of those guys. I mean, uh-huh. AJ Green had a little bit of an off year, um, but I, I think we're we're in good hands in, in, at cornerback, and we really don't need to go out and look for more guys at this point. If we just bring those two guys back, what do you think, Mike? I would agree with that. Um, Greedy is one of the. It's it's like the Ken Griffey Jr. thing. Like, I'm not saying I'm not obviously Ken Griffey Jr. Hall of Fame, right? And Greedy Williams is not a Hall of Fame player, but he's got that skill set. He's just hampered with his bullcrap injuries, which sucks because I told, I get it from my end. I'm always injured with soft tissue crap. Yeah. And you can see this potential that's there. And, you know, maybe he comes back for dirty cheap, right? Like, why not? Like, if he's got the potential and he has one of those, hey, you sign him for a one-year make-it-or-break-it deal, he's actually finally healthy, he lives up to the, you know, he finally lives up to the hype. Sure, bring him back. Why the hell not? But is he coming back? I doubt it. And that sucks because he had, you know, he had such potential. Um, everybody else, yeah, I mean, sure, why not? Bring him back. I think a lot of these, I think what AB is going to do this year is a lot of the stuff because of our cap situation, he's going to really, I think, kind of like try to plug some big holes with some rookies. Like go full SEC, you know, Ohio State type of drafting and draft players that he can just put in there, and it's going to be on the cheap too. We'll so see. I, I, that, I think we're going to. I think we're going to see some. I think we're going to see a lot of new faces next year. I think it's going to be interesting to see what the market for Greedy Williams is uh, with his injury history. Uh, I don't think there yeah, is a market for him, though, right? Well, I don't think there's going to yeah, be much of know. a market. Yeah, yeah, yeah he'll I know. Pick up with, somebody will pick him up because of the talent, um, the pedigree. Right. right. And they'll think that you know he could have a bounce back here. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's really not much of a market for him. Yeah, so, uh, okay, last guy on the list is uh, Ethan Posick. Um, I guess, uh, Michael, let's let you go first on him. Take it or leave it. You know, again, is this one of those positions that we probably need to address? Yeah. So it may not just be him. So yeah. I would say 50-50 chance. It's 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 a it's a coin toss. I think we're gonna we're gonna balance out to see what we 
you know, who we can restructure, who we can cut, where we save, and then we start getting into, all right, so who's our Swiss Army knife? Who can we bring back? Play? Yeah. yeah. Um, Jeff, what are your thoughts? I think Postic played well enough that he's probably going to get a starting job somewhere in the NFL. Um, and it won't be here because we have Nick Harris on a prove it year of his, it's the, the, the prove it year of his rookie deal. Right. So um, Nick Harris is going to start unless something really strange happens. Um, so I, I don't think we're going to spend the money um, to bring back Postic knowing that. Um, I think we're going to find somebody like Yelda Froholt that, or, you know, a draft choice or somebody that can, can be that developmental center behind Nick Harris. Um, and if for whatever reason we need to go looking for a center again next year, um, it's going to be somebody like what we found in Posick this year. Yep. Yeah, I agree with all that. Yeah, I think I agree with you guys. I don't like it one bit because I like Ethan Posick. I thought he played great. I like the yeah. size that he brings to the center position. Um, I, we we haven't I haven't seen enough of, of Nick Harris yet to feel comfortable with him holding down that position. I know the Browns have, and they were comfortable mm-hmm. with him being the starter. So so I, I guess I'm gonna roll with it and say okay, we're good. But, you know, Ethan Postuk was so good when he played that um, I, I wish we could have him back. But so be it. Um, I'm just going to have to have faith in the organization on that one, guys. So so let's it's just let's another take, one of those positions where money money determines, Rod. I mean, yeah, that, and, that's why. Yeah, and they're, they're going to have to um, kind of even some things out on the old line. Right. So. Right. Um, yeah. They, yeah. I mean, they're not going to bring back Posick at 10 mil a year. They're not going to do that. We've we've got some expensive guys, so we're going to have to have some cheap guys, like Mike said. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. AB is going to get creative, and I think this is that year where we finally get to see him work some like free agency and late draft day magic, or unsigned free agents, or those late those cuts after you know in training camp where we they they let a veteran go. We get people on veterans minimums and shit. Like I think he's going to get. This is that year where we get to see him really, like, really get creative. And yeah. honestly, let him, like, let him work his magic. I want to see him do that. Like, this is this is where he makes the big dollars is those years where, hey, the budget's a little tight. We've got this crazy-ass contract for our quarterback. We've got Miles Garrett. that He's probably going to restructure Garrett and Watson. Why not, right? Let's, 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 let's free up some money completely cool let's see him work some magic this year this is his year to really earn his his contract i i agree with you i agree with you as far as it's time to work some magic um uh, the good gm with the good gms and the best gms the salary cap becomes kind of uh a myth okay you know because you always find a way around it you always find a way to bring the guy in that you need to complete the team so let's see if AB can do that this year. And yeah. the spot that the Browns need the most is defensive tackle. Uh, you know, despite Jim Schwartz coming in and, and taking guys to the Pro Bowl who may not get there otherwise, there still may not be a guy on the roster right now who he can do that with. So so let's take a look at some of the free agents real quick who are out there. And let's get your thoughts on on – how 
deep the Browns can go, how deep do you think the Browns can go into this? What kind of contract do you think they're going to be able to free up some cap space for, um, you know, to be able to, to handle? Uh, because there doesn't seem to be much room right now, you know, enough to bring in um, somebody like uh, Fletcher Cox or, you know, or Deron Payne, these kind of guys. But um, right. let, 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 let's get your thoughts. So um, it, it, it's hard to say how far down the list you have to go. So I kind of I don't know if you guys have have looked at the list of names. I mean, I can read there's, you know, there's 20, 30 names on this defensive tackle free agency list. But let's start just by getting your thoughts on what type of contract you think the Browns can dole out to a defensive tackle if they want to really strengthen this position. If they want to bring in a one stud defensive tackle to be their centerpiece of this defensive line to help you know, these other guys along and, and to kind of be out there, um, you know, when they really need somebody, how much do you think they can go? So, so Mike, let's get your thoughts first. Okay, so I've got two names. I did some research today, which, okay. is, very, which is very exciting for me because I have my notepads and my fountain pens, and I get the right shit down. So I'm really excited about this. Nice. So <laughs> let's get into the numbers first. So the salary cap increased by $16.6 million. So it's going up from 208 to 224.8, something mm-hmm. crazy like that, right? Yeah. Um, what did I write down? Guaranteed that Andrew Barry not only rolls all this. To- we have like $27 million of rollovers. So that's going over. Too. So he's going to have some fun with this stuff. So he's going to free up some, some restructuring money. Watson, Garrett, I swear to God, he's going to cut Joe Johnson the third. Great. That's like 10 million bucks. So here's the two names yeah. that I like. Um, defensive tackle, Greg Gaines. Yeah, I think he's in L.A. right now, quote-unquote, in L.A., um, with the Rams. I think he's he's solid. That's somebody – again, we don't need these big names. We need solid players. Like, I don't need the the all-star players that are, gonna, that are going to attract $18 million a season. We don't have the, the money for it. Um, so I think Greg Gaines is somebody that keeps on coming up over and over again. And then, and he's a defensive tackle. Here's my under the radar look that I love. And here's the cool thing about being out in Phoenix. So with the Cardinals, defensive end, Zach Allen, the dude's been learning from JJ Watt the last two years and has been benefiting from the attention that JJ Watt gets. This is somebody that you put opposite Miles Garrett that doesn't have that ego of clowny that's going to get you 10 sacks type of a deal. So I think if you bring in one or both of these guys, they're not going to require the top tier of money, maybe not even the second tier of money. You can get them under the radar, They're especially Zach Allen. I think he's going to be an under-the-radar signing. Whoever gets him is going to be really lucky. This guy is – he's a baller. And he's one of those hard-nosed guys that is just not going to quit and doesn't have that ego like a Clowney has. Like Clowney, obviously, like listen, we know Clowney's good, but his ego kind of writes checks. His body can't cash, a.k.a. Tom Cruise Maverick, like before the, you know, flying the uh, cargo plane out of Hong Kong with rubber dog shit. So, Zach Allen, if we can sign this dude, I'm really excited. If we get both of these guys, I'm going to be beyond excited for this. And that's all I got to say about that. All right. So, uh, 
So those those are guys that really wouldn't command raw very uh, very high salaries. Exactly. Whatsoever. So uh, six to so, seven million, right? Right. Yeah. For, okay. So so Jeff, where where are you with this? Um, you know what's what's the max you think the Browns could free up and go after? And do you have hopes that they could bring in a name, or or, or are you thinking along the lines of what Mike's saying? Yeah, well, I think you, first of all, you get the clowny money, right? Um, that that's can still be spent on the D line without really changing anything, um, assuming that that Alex Wright becomes your sort of every down bookend to Miles, and then we bring somebody in uh, as as a specialist to replace Winovich or um, you know, somebody like that. Um, I think you can you can be pretty confident that the Browns aren't going to go out and and blow the budget on somebody like Fletcher Cox or Javon Hargrave if if, if you can even convince them to leave Philly, um, and and Deron Payne is probably going to get that kind of money also you know um, yeah fifteen million possibly a year so do you, you know do you want to make a defensive tackle the you know the third or fourth highest paid player on your roster. I, I, I don't see that in Andrew Barry's DNA. No. So I, I like the idea of, of dropping down to that next tier. Um, you know, there, there are some guys, you know, that, that are slightly more expensive than the guys that, that Mike mentioned. Um, Dalvin Tomlinson uh, would be that, you know, that big wide body in the middle um, that you could put next to Perry and Winfrey and, you know, hopefully take take a couple of blockers uh, versus being a revolving door. Um, David Onyemata, Onyemata out of New Orleans, uh, you know, not quite as large a human, but, um, you know, a couple of veteran D tackles, been in the league six, seven years, you know, 300 pounders uh, that are going to be in that probably nine to $10 million range. And, and that's basically clowny money. So I yeah. could see that, you know, easily happening if if they could, you know, woo one of those guys. Um, and, you know, in, in Schwartz's system, I think, you know, the, these guys would, would go crazy. Um, so, yeah, not, not top level, hopefully somebody in that second level, one guy. Um, and then you build a defensive line around them. Um, and if that doesn't work out, then I like, I like both the guys that Mike mentioned as well. Nice. Okay. Well, I mean, there's a big list of guys. Um, so, uh, I'm sure that, uh, I'm sure that, uh, Andrew Barry has, uh, has a pretty good list put together of guys and guys that he wants guys that he's ready to talk to. And um, we'll be watching for that uh, legal tampering period to see what happens. So I think um, the cool right? thing is, is like with Jim Schwartz, I think he's that type of coach that's going to get, like, take a player that's like a six or a seven and turn them into a seven or eight just because of coaching. So maybe that's that combination with Andrew Barry being creative of, hey, we're going to get these guys that are maybe a little under the radar that are going to work with Jim Schwartz and then be motivated and then play 
get better to their best ability type of a deal. Yeah, I think this. I yeah. think honestly, this signing of Jim Schwartz, I think, is fantastic. Yeah, I'm sure the, you know, well, the defensive guys here are still going to be around. <laughs> have to have to be uh, the defensive line guys. Uh, the players still have have to be uh, pretty excited about it. So can can say. we? Okay, so it's. 7.53 in Phoenix, Arizona, on February 15th. I'm on my second drink, and I'm going to call this now, guys. This is big. Miles Garrett's going to break the single-season sack record because of Jim Schwartz and the position he's going to put him into. Mark it down. And if I'm wrong, I will donate money to like somebody's charity or something like that. But I'm right on this. I feel this in my body. This is going to happen. We're going to manifest this with the. You're saying that the. Uh, you're saying the NFL record or the Browns record. Both. That he already holds both. Well, we're going to have fun. He's going to break them all. So. So what's the what what's the NFL record now? Is 22, it 22 and a half? 22 or 22 and a half. Single season. Let's Google single single season sack record. I want to say it's 22 and a half. 22 and a half. 22 all right, here half. it comes. Okay. Ready. He's doing a full Michael Jordan. We're going for 23 or higher. It's going to happen. Um, I can't think of a lot that would be f- more fun than that to watch. Right? He's going to get yeah. drug tested like 20 times. He's going to have at least 23 sacks. It's going to be a – he's going to have 23 sacks in 2023. There we go. We're manifesting right. Okay. right now. Okay. Well, I've, I've written this down, and I've, I've put a box around it. Mark it down. 23 or more sacks per mic. <coughs> 23 and 23. February, if it doesn't happen, February 15th. if it does not happen, I'm buying each of you a bottle of screwball whiskey. Awesome. Okay. All right. No worries. And if it happens, I'm buying you a bottle of screwball whiskey each. There we go. It's a win-win <laughs> for everybody. I love it. I love it. Can't man. lose on this deal. No, I think we're in good shape. It's gonna be a great. It's gonna be a great day. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jeff, are there any predictions you'd like to throw out? <laughs> I predict, I won't, I predict no I won't even taste that screwball whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> I predict I will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, you know, I, I think a lot has to happen um, on the defensive line still. It's, it's just it's too early for me to feel good about the guys that we have doing that Really, there's there's only three guys that that I I know are going to be playing on that line right now, <laughs> and and you know two of them aren't full time guys, so <laughs> we, we we need a lot of help uh, before I really start you know throwing a lot of weight behind what our defensive line is going to be able to do. I, I I like Schwartz and I think his scheme is going to help in addition to his coaching abilities to to unlock Miles. So I think that's a pretty safe bet that he's going to threaten that that sack record just based on his physical ability. Yeah, I'm but you. I'm I'm a little bit more interested in in how that line plays as a unit, and you know, can we stop the revolving door? Um, you know, in the run game, and um, you know, bring bring pressure across the the line as a whole. So, the, I think the next key thing is we have to add a D tackle in free agency, and and that'll go a long ways toward determining how well that line's going to play. I'm with you. I'm with you. Definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm still the cockeyed optimist over here. It's going to happen. Oh. That's all right. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, you're in good company. I'm definitely an optimist too, so I'm I'm right there with you. I'm I'll be well. Yeah, can't I'll be, be optimistic up this time of year. Then yeah, I mean this this oh, yeah. is a time of year to be optimistic. Yeah, we're back to you know the, we're back to zero and zero for a record. So yeah, definitely. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 All right. And so we let's... never have to play Roethlisberger ever again. This is why I'm optimistic. Right. Right, and we probably have three teams who have, uh, you know, quarterbacks with with uh, with a high salary messing up the, the salary cap, and then we got the other team that that doesn't have a quarterback that we need yeah, to worry Trubisky about. Trubisky or Pickett, and you're like, okay, yeah. great. So, Not one so anyway. we need to worry about. That's for that's sure. right. <laughs> that's right. So, okay, guys, uh, let's get some closing thoughts. So let's go to. Cheese Doodle Dad first. Uh, follow him at Michael Marcinko on Twitter. Closing thoughts. Uh, closing thoughts is uh, are, are excuse me. Let's use let's pr- use proper grammar here. You're going to get a lot of uh, hiking pictures if you follow me. So good luck with that. Um, closing thoughts. I think this is the year where the Browns have a top five defense, like scoring yards, all of that. I think Jim Schwartz is that type of coach. I'm excited to see the creativity from AB when it comes to balancing numbers and everything like that. I'd be disappointed if we didn't have 10 wins. Kind of a deal. I, I think this is that year where everybody expects us to be complete, uh, a complete rubbish fire as always. And we've got a good, you know, we're going to play what? We were last place in the division. So we get to place, you know, play the last place team in other divisions. I think this is not one of those years where, hey, you didn't make the playoffs, but you're making the playoffs this year. So um, I expect good things. And I think Jim Schwartz is that coach that puts, puts us over the edge. Nice. Plus, nice. go screwball and second drink after hiking for six miles and feeling fantastic. So, yay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, you're still blogging, Mike? Um, you know, I don't write as much, so I've kind of shifted into um, hike a lot of hiking. Like I do a lot of hiking. Um, I've started working on photography a little bit more and slam poetry. I know it's kind of a weird thing to say, but um, kind of leaning towards that route of writing instead of like blogging about kids and dads and all that kind of stuff. But basically, the whole blog thing was like this generation of dads like changes diapers. They're super involved. There's not that that masculine thing of, oh, hey, like it's a woman's job or a man's, you know, or a man's job. Like I'm going to make the money. My wife's going to stay home. Like dads are involved in a generation. I've written enough about that to pretty much know that. Yeah, this is it's really cool to see dads involved. So there's no, there's a lot less writing that way. And there's more writing of um, the whole journaling or poetry stuff that's really kind of moving me um in the direction of like what's what's out there in life to for us to experience and go through so yeah less dad blog more poetry cool stuff excellent so jeff any closing thoughts yeah um this is the optimistic time of year with you know free agency and, and the draft coming up um it's gonna be fun to watch the browns have 26 free agents right now um that's a lot um I've, I've underlined five of them based on our conversation from tonight, who I think will be back. Um, 
we'll review that down the road to see how well we did. But right now, the way I, by my math, I see 12 to 15 openings on this roster. Um, five of them are free agents coming back. Um, that's eight to 10 additional guys. Um, so to be going to be interesting. We've, we've got eight draft picks. I don't think they're all going to make the roster. Um, that means we're probably going to go out and sign three or four guys. And all that's going to be exciting over the coming weeks. Absolutely. This has been fun, guys. Uh, we thank everybody for listening. This has been the Browns Blitz, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>